I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with Your Card Out. Enigma, which is also going to wrap up our look at Quintet's Gaia Trilogy. So, just a quick little recap here on everything. Uh, Terra Enigma was a very late Super Nintendo release coming out in Japan October 20th, 1995, which was a whole 10 months after the original PlayStation launched over there. It would end up hitting PAL territories over a year after that on December 19th, 1996. And from there, we would actually never see it in North America. So, yeah, it um, kind of... I want to say floundered a little bit in obscurity for a little while, because it wasn't, like, crazy obscure, but it was just one of those things of, like, you would hear kind of whispers on message boards and stuff, like, hey, did you know there's there's another game, like, like Soul Blazer and Illusion of Guy? It's called Terra Enigma. It never came out here. Yeah, it's one of those things, so. Anyway, uh, the composers for Terra Enigma were Miyoko Takako and Masanori Hikichi, who, um, as I mentioned in the last episode, they were part of Falcom Sound Team at one point, so, yeah, of course, I'm going to end up liking them. So I think that's enough with the uh, kind of recap on the history lesson there. So, so why don't we kick things off with something a little bit more mellow to ease our way back into Terra Enigma's soundtrack. First up is Prime Blue. It's easy to miss the first time you're listening to it, but about four seconds in, pay attention for the horn sound in the background. It's something that doesn't pop up in the rest of the soundtrack at all, but really adds some forcefulness behind that part. <laughs> So it's a comparatively short track, um, but, you know, I do love the sound of it. I mentioned that I wanted you to pay attention to the horn sound. Did you catch it? If you notice when it plays, it's really used to emphasize the flute sections. Uh, I think the flute might be a little bit on the higher sound, and having that horn contrasting it um, kind of keeps it from getting a bit grating. It, it 
it's just sort of one of my things maybe i don't know uh it's really subtle and i don't know if that was the original intent but i feel like it helped out that section fairly nicely the whole thing is nice but it's another little touch of that just it makes this soundtrack step above most things it's yeah we'll, we'll get to it in the recap once i kind of wrap up the episode here but this soundtrack it was a little bit of a not surprise but man i i was just sort of surprised at how much i enjoyed it liking this thing so anyway um nothing really to point out specifically the next track we'll be listening to so that's going to be call it port just enjoy its calm sound really is rather soothing, isn't it? I do wish the flute's volume was pulled back just a hair, but I could listen to this one on a loop for quite a while. There's a little bit of hometown sound in here too, but it's more a quick nod to it than sticking to it thematically. I'm not sure if this is another town theme of sorts, but it sort of gives off enough of that vibe. Probably me reading into it um, because of the title, but I even get a little bit of a mental image of like rolling waves from the string section melody. So hopefully the combination of the track itself and my description of it didn't put you to sleep. Uh, if you are feeling sleepy, the next few tracks you and I are going to be listening to should get your blood moving a little bit more. Uh, first up is going to be Nomads in the Desert. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing too crazy on that track. It's a catchy little Fulmango style piece with something I don't really think I've ever heard on the Super Nintendo before. Castanets. Uh, if you're not familiar with those like little hand clappers that you just don't get to hear used in too much other music. It's a shame. I really kind of like them and they just have a cool sound to them. Uh, let's go ahead and, yeah, I know, no, uh, to talk about that one. It's just one of those tracks I just wanted to play rather than talk about so much. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next track. And it's a little bit more intense than Nomads in the Desert, the Castle of the Dragoon. And guess what's back for this one? Bass drum, baby! See what I mean about the bass drum being in this one. Oof, we're just getting a real treat with percussion in the last two tracks. Uh, castanets and bass drum back to back. If you're a fan of percussion, uh, this little section is speaking right to you. Uh, there's just so much intensity in this one, and the string section here really complements the lead instrument well. I think that's supposed to be a punji in there, you know, the snake charmer flute. No, uh, if you're wondering, I didn't know the name off of that off the top of my head. That's the advantage of not doing this thing off the top of my head. I get to look stuff up. So yeah, there's another sound I don't think gets used in the Super Nintendo library too often. I think it would be a little hard to listen to the sample version solo, but the backing tracks take the edge off of it pretty nicely. So let's go ahead and let's move on. Next up, let's roll into another bit of positive music uh, with Fida. It's F-Y-D-A. I'm not really 100% sure on the pronunciation of that. Fida, Fida, you take it for what you will, and we'll just kind of roll with that. How's that?
Look, I wish I had my own cool theme music like this. I mean, I guess I kind of do with Kaze Fuma. Um, I can say the Roiko theme song is mine since it's my podcast, right? It That might be a little bit too intense for, like, a theme for me. And what am I doing? Anyway, um, back on track, Jason. So a character in Terranigma is named Fida, and this is her theme song. And there are many like it, but this one is hers. Is I just had to have lost a dozen people with that stupid joke. Anyway, um, I, I really like this one. It's got a good snare drum, good strings, good horns. The whole thing just reeks of an honorable warrior of sorts. It's another track that just really makes me bummed out that Terry Enigma is just this like overlooked entry in the Super Nintendo's library. There's so much good music, and it plays so damn well. It's nice to see Quintet improving as much as they did as the, basically the Super Nintendo's life went on. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to another great character theme. This one is Royd. It, look, I, I didn't name the characters, okay? So that's where Quintet could have used some help. I mean, Illusion of Gaia's main character was named Will. Will. Whatever. Anyway, here's Royd's theme. Royd's theme is a little bit more upbeat than Fida's. Fida's, I think I've said that nine different ways from heaven. Anyway, uh, but there's a little less to this thing. I really dig the keyboard used in there to kind of accentuate certain parts. It gives it just a little bit more oomph. Uh, it's got a great catchy hook that's easy to get lost in, but there's not a lot to it as a whole. I wish there was a little bit more meat on the bone, but these last few tracks we'll be listening to are a bit longer than most of the stuff we listen to on the Terranigma soundtrack as a whole. With that said, why don't we just go ahead and move on to the last four pieces we'll be listening to. First up is Laboratory, or Laboratory if you're fancy, which I'm not, so here's Laboratory. Thank you. 
near as I can figure, this is sort of used in one of the last areas in the game. It's, man, I, I dig the quote-unquote vocal work in here. Normally, the vocal sounds you get out of the Super Nintendo aren't great. I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy VI Opera. It's just really well utilized in this one, though. More blending in with the rest of the music, but still being the lead. There's some really good percussion going on here, too. It's, it kind of all just adds up to, like, this ominous vibe. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe ominous isn't the right word. It gives us a feeling of trepidation, maybe? They've got similar meanings, but ominous just doesn't sit right with me when I'm trying to describe it. Oh, whatever. I, I like it, and it gives off a good feeling of whatever it is I'm trying to describe. So how's that? Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track, shall we? Uh, Final Battle is up next. It's one of my favorites. And keep an ear out for the main theme during this one. Thank you. 
it's not quite dancing mad level of introduction, but the early buildup here is great. It definitely is taking a little bit of inspiration from Dancing Mad sort of structure, but doesn't quite go for the prog rock epic that Uematsu did there. Instead, we get little buildups that just kind of keep stacking on each new section. It keeps changing sounds slightly in each section and really builds just really damn well. But when the main theme comes in at a minute and 53 seconds in, God, they just completely got me hooked. When light and darkness is brought into the mix there, it completely changes the vibe for a brief period, going from feeling kind of completely oppressive to almost elated. It gives you that little bit of a push to get through the challenge, no matter how daunting it might seem. It doesn't do it for very long, but it gives you just enough to give you that little bit of a push. If you can't tell, this is pretty high on the list of my favorite pieces on the soundtrack. It's just... God, it's just so damn good. I'm an absolute sucker for the main theme coming back in, and it completely got its hooks in me. All right, so let's calm my ass back down here and move on to something a bit more somber sounding. And that track is called Rest. Thank you. 
This one, it just uses light and darkness and hometown in there to great effect. If you want a great way to sort of start an epilogue of a game, I don't think you could ask for much better than this one. Bringing back the flute and the breakdown about halfway in just shifts the mood a bit. And yeah, I've got a bad feeling this game's ending sequence is going to wreck me when I get to it. I love sad music, and this is definitely in that category. Okay, so before I get too emotional about an ending to a game I've only played a couple of hours of so far, let's move on to the last track we're going to be covering for Terra Enigma. Sit back and enjoy the longest piece in the game, Return to Mother Earth. Thank you. 
where do I even start with this one? It's just so damn good. Nearly right off the bat, you get a vibe. It's going to revisit a lot of the themes we've heard throughout the soundtrack, and it really doesn't disappoint with that. This whole track sort of borders on sad, but there's enough positivity to it that it isn't a complete downer. There's a good mix of emotions in here, and dare I say, has a bit of a, <clears throat> a victory, but at what cost feel to it? Yeah, I know, cliche as shit, Jason. Anyway, um, I think I did just dare to say it. <laughs> so, uh, about four and a half minutes in, it starts swelling a bit and really ends on a more positive feel, giving an indication that everything is going to be okay. So, that'll wrap up Terranigma soundtrack. I... I really enjoyed this trip down some of Quintet's seminal works, or at least they're only games with some connecting threads to them. Terror Enigma is far and away my favorite, though. I really liked Illusion of Gaia's soundtrack, too, but this one stands head and shoulders above it. The use of reoccurring themes just makes it feel like it's more of a whole work rather than individual tracks coming together to make something that sounds like it should kind of fit together. This is easily in my top five favorite things um, I've covered on Rock Out With Your Cardo. Maybe that has something to do with me coming in largely fresh to the soundtrack for this podcast. I had listened to it before a couple of times, but I hadn't really sat down and like absorbed it until I decided on covering the Gaia trilogy. I guess that's another reason I enjoy doing this podcast so much. It gives me a chance to really sit down and appreciate not only some great stuff, but kind of gain a new pre- uh, appreciation for old favorites. So, I've got a couple of ideas for next year. I've got one more show I'm going to put out in a few days. Uh, actually, it might even be like a next day or two. But anyway, um, it's sort of seasonal, and I thought it would be good to kind of get it out there. Next year, I'm not looking at a huge change in format, but I've got some stuff I think will be really exciting and change things up occasionally for the podcast. All I can say is I genuinely appreciate you listening to this thing. It's been a bit of a change now that I'm doing it by myself, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sticking with me through that change. I went through a little bit of a period where I thought about throwing the, in the towel on it, but rather than do that, I figured I should just adapt the podcast and keep soldiering on. And for you to stick with me through that means a whole lot to me. Honestly, it's why I keep doing the show. I love video game music, and I just want to share some great stuff with you. Anyway, uh, enough with the sappiness. Uh, I guess the holidays are just making me feel all sentimental and whatnot. Anyway, uh, so as usual, you can follow the podcast at Rowico Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Ariola. And as usual, you can go to... So here's the thing. I got to slow this down a little bit. Uh, I got a little, let's say feedback. I'm plowing through the Patreon thing a little too much. So let's go ahead and slow it down a little. Go to patreon.com slash games and junk. And over there, there's a multitude of tiers where you can get in a couple of things. Uh, At the $5 tier, you can get this podcast at a higher quality audio rate. You'll get the bonus episodes. I promise they're coming back. Don't worry. And I will kind of uh, let's say avalanche them upon you to catch back up with that too. Um, you will get a catch-all feed for all of the podcasts we do uh, for Multimedia Failure, one of the other regular podcasts I do. Uh, you will also get a bonus segment, and I also kind of started throwing in our little preamble talk at the beginning of that podcast. So you're kind of getting like two extra sections. It kind of equated out to like an extra 35 minutes worth of content on the last episode. So if that was if that's sort of your thing, uh, yeah. Come and just hear John, Vanessa, and I kind of chit-chat together. So, anyway, the other thing, a $5 chip-in on Patreon.com slash Games and Junk, yeah, I'm going to plug it in there again, um, is you will get a shout-out on the show. So, to Vanessa, John, Alex Messenger, I want to say thank you guys for supporting the show and continuing to do so financially. It really does take a little bit of a burden off my shoulders, and hopefully we can get the show to grow a little more, so it's not just you guys I'm saying thank you to every episode, right? (laughs) And... Finally, again, I want to thank you for listening to Rock Out With Your Card Out. I really can't believe I've been doing this podcast for over a year now and kept with it for an entire calendar year. 
if you have any things you'd like me to cover for the show, I'm I'm 100% game at this point. Reach out to me on Twitter. That's, again, Jason Ariola, or the podcast itself is R-O-W-Y-C-O podcast, or email me at podcast at gamesandjunk.net. You're the reason I'm still doing this, so I'd love to hear from you if you have something to share. Again, thank you so much for listening to this and all the other podcasts I do. I know you're going to stay tuned through 2020. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with some of the things we're going to be doing on the site as far as podcasts go. So until then, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.